Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! Welcome back, all you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between. You have joined us for a new installment of And the Podcast Will Rock. Yes, that's right. You know the drill. We are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. One track at a time. You know how we do. And if it is your first time, welcome. Hope you have fun. I am your co-host, Mark Kamira. Joining me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, do you have holidays? holiday fatigue do i ever i, I think i'm still hung over from the live show uh, that we did uh, in december uh which same, is actually gonna, <laughs> it's going to come into play uh, with, with this week's song we're actually going to be tonight covering the third song that we spun on that five and a half hour uh live i don't even know if i want to call it a show it, it was just kind of an experience uh there were way too many drinks had uh way too much mm -hmm. fun had we had a massive panel uh mark wisely ducked out after two episodes <laughs> knowing he was a little inebriated, uh, but I stuck it out to the bitter end with, with our good friends, uh, Sean and Todd from the Sean Geek uh, podcast. Uh, Mark Perillo uh, joined the call uh, from the Rock Roulette podcast. Hattie came on from the Judas Priest cast. We had Kevin Brown uh, from the Tom Petty Project and uh, Seaside Pod Review. Scott Haston stuck with us to the bitter end uh, from the uh, Uriah Heap show, the Magicians podcast. And uh, and Eric Senich. God bless him. Uh, joined the call of late uh, as we we're covering runaround, provided some great insights. And he was really the driving force. He was like, we got to spin this wheel again because he had just joined the call. So I, I was going to say, uh, if, if there was anyone that uh, I would absolutely just say, uh, hey, take the reins and, and co-host with Corey. It's definitely Eric. If I had my, <laughs> my pick, you know, just because. You know, Eric is the uh, the maestro and the, uh, the 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 knowledge base of all things Van Halen. So, uh, what what better person to uh, to fill in the the host uh, position? So, thank you, Eric, for your patience. Uh, but thank you, Corey, for being such a trooper, whether advised or not. You still stuck through it, and I appreciate you for that. Everybody appreciates you. We we especially appreciate everybody who tuned in for those live shows. Uh, some of y'all probably made it a lot longer than I did. Um, it was just <laughs> when, when, you know, uh, you gotta go, you gotta go, but, uh, nevertheless, it was so much fun. And, uh, uh, thank you all for participating. Absolutely. And, uh, you mentioned Eric Sanich, just what a great guy he is and what a great podcaster he is, uh, Mark, not that long ago, you and I, I got to be on his show booked on rocks, true. Uh, yes. which was really kind of a, a bucket item thing for me. Cause I'm such a fan of his. And I almost consider that, you know, that's a professional broadcast. Like what we do here, we're just kind of fucking around with our yeah, friends. Yeah. But, but Eric does it like for a living. And so to be on that show was what was a big deal. And uh, I, I was suffering from uh, just getting my COVID booster. So I was a little mm -hmm. under the weather and I didn't make a lot of sense, but you really carried the team for us on that show. So I wanted to thank you for that. Cause if anyone listens to the, uh, the booked on rock episode that Mark and I were on, Mark really uh, hauled the mail for us and did a fantastic job. I thought. It's well, it's something to be said. Oh, thank you for that, by the way, but it's something to be said that, uh, did I mention Corey was a trooper, uh, even <laughs> under the weather, uh, in, in, 
no matter how, what shape or form, he still stuck it out. And uh, I don't think I was a driving force at all, but thank you. I'll take the compliment because you, you were very much, uh, your presence was very much there. I don't think you rambled on too much or too about whatever at all. So give yourself more credit there, Corey, especially really give yourself some credit because you weren't feeling well, uh, but you still toughed it out and still made a show happen uh, with Eric Sinich. And as you say, professional podcaster, well, he wouldn't air it if it was uh, not airable. You know what I'm saying? Oh, good point. So, so good there point. you go. I, ne- there, there I never thought of it that way. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, but, he, um, I feel like Eric would let you know. He said, hey, you mind if we <laughs> do a redo? Because ugh, I can't use any of that. And I hear that in my head. Like, guys, guys, like, Corey, that that really sucked, man. Like, can we retake <laughs> that? Can, can can you get off the call? Can I just talk to Mark? Is that okay? I, I totally hear that happening in my head. But uh <laughs> You know, something did happen, actually, uh, on the live shows. I, I should address her and should apologize for it. Oh. Um, obviously, we're all having some drinks on the live show. It's live, so it's almost like live television. So mm-hmm. you got a lot going on, especially when you got a panel and stuff. And the first song we spun that night was Dancing in the Street from Diver Down. Um, I, I went to Setlist.fm, and I always kind of go to the same screen on Setlist.fm where it ranks the songs by album and how many times the band had played that song live. And so I did the same thing and I went to uh to Diver Down the uh, Diver Down section and I checked and it didn't list as having ever been played. And when I'm kind of producing television and having drinks and stuff, if you had asked me my my mother's first name at that moment, I probably would have got it wrong because I had so much else oh, wow. on the go. So I just kind of yeah. took that as gospel, like, oh, they never played it live. And we just kind of went along that assumption. Well, uh, a bunch of people out there uh, called me out on that and said, uh, you're a fucking dickhead because they played it at the S Festival <laughs> and you should know the S Festival. And you're right. I, I've watched the S Festival a hundred times. It's a great performance. I, I, I should have at least questioned that and maybe tried to find another source. But I'm doing a hundred different things. I just kind of left it as gospel. And then I left it in the show because, um, again, no excuse uh, when I was cutting together that first show, I was basically just uh, snip out like uh, as little as I can and, and get the show on the air because we had to get a show on the air for that week, and I didn't catch it yeah. there either. So a bunch of people and all of those people who respectfully uh, messaged me and said, hey, you forgot the S Festival, thank you. Uh, I don't mind being corrected <laughs> at all when I make a, make a mistake. Come to me respectfully and say, hey, you messed up. 100%, I, yeah. I totally agree. And and I will apologize for that. But if you're like, oh, you got one thing right, you guys fucking don't know anything. Yeah, you're a dick. And I don't <laughs> give a fuck what you think. So shut up. Uh, so but you know, it's the way you present it, right? Be nice, be mm-hmm. respectful. Even if you don't like yeah. me, you listen to the show, you hate it, you hate me. That's all fine, you're entitled to. But if you're gonna like take the time to correct somebody, do it with at least a modicum of respect and, and not be a total douchebag about it. <laughs> we can't That's all be thing. batting a thousand every time. You know what I mean? I, I listen to a ton of podcasts and yeah. uh, I was just listening to one the other day. It was about movies and, and they were getting facts wrong about titles and directors and stuff. And I'm like, I, I know they're wrong. I'm not going to call them out on it though, because mm-hmm. I enjoy, I, I listen more for the people than I do for minutia uh, in right. facts like that, because I know the facts. Um, but like I said, I have no problem with anybody ever correcting me on anything because I'm not an expert. Yeah, you're definitely not an expert. You're exactly right. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of pulling stuff from from different books I read. Uh, I was never mm-hmm. in the room with these guys. I never saw them live. Uh, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We had no idea what was going to get spun. That's another thing. We don't do a lot of research uh, going into the show because to me, the magic of the show is more Mark and I rediscovering the catalog. And uh, I had an and, experience with that on uh, Kevin Brown's uh, Queen show this week. Yeah, um, His partner on the Queen show knows kind of the bigger songs. 
but he doesn't know a lot of the deeper cuts. So he's re he's experiencing them for the first time. And that's what I really love about that show. And I think that might mm -hmm. be a good aspect uh, of our show. So uh, for the people I that agree. I offended for getting that fact wrong, I do apologize. If you're a, a dick about it, I don't apologize. You can just go fuck off. <laughs> Again, we can't all be batting a thousand every time. And uh, for the record, Corey and myself, we have never stated that we were experts on the band, nor how many times they have played a particular song in their entire uh, live concert history. All right. Uh, even sometimes set FM makes mistakes. You know, you can't, it's, it's like Wikipedia. Okay. Like don't, don't take everything you read on the internet as like true, true gospel, because some sources are more reliable than others and others are less. So look, Corey flubbed, he's addressing it. There you go. But you like, get over yourselves you guys it's like oh you guys you guys don't know everything like no and we never said we did so uh, we always have to make sure and let you know during each show we're not experts we're fans we're simple fans rediscovering a band that we already like and enjoy we might know uh, a few uh information little tidbits whatever but a lot of it we don't uh and in fact between the two of us Corey's way more knowledgeable on van halen than i am because he reads the books he listens uh to the, the you know all the shows he reads the the things like i read as much as i can i try to watch as much as i can but uh you know Corey is more the scholar than i so you know so if any if you're gonna take your frustrations out on us not knowing everything come at me it's fine. Like, come at me, but like, quit going after Corey. My God, you guys, it's, uh, and I'm not talking about all of you listeners, but the ones I'm talking about, you know who you are, uh, because apparently you do still tune in. So, you know, well, what does that say? Uh, but nevertheless, I, I, I do need to say that for the most part, everybody who corrected me on this was yeah. very respectful about it. I, I know we got an email saying, hey, you fucked up. You're exactly right. We did. Uh, and fine. there's another fellow on Twitter. Uh, who, who was kind of passive aggressive more in a joking sense. I'm not addressing him. Uh, he sure. actually came out and said, hey, no apology necessary. I get it. I actually listen to your show. Uh, I was more kind of joking. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally yeah, get yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I don't want to call that person out by name, but hopefully they're listening and like, hey, you're, you're totally cool in my books and absolutely uh, correct me. Uh, but let's let's focus on uh, the the positive side. It's a new year. It's a new era. It's a new. Uh, we're still in uh, season two, so we'll we'll keep saying new season. Um, I can say that I was uh, I got approached by people that I know uh, who I would not have guessed tune into the show, but they do, and they had a oh. lot of uh, complimentary things to say. So uh, to nice. those of you who who do listen, who let me know uh, recently in my you know being out. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Keep listening and keep spreading the word. Uh, uh, it was very kind. And we hope, uh, if nothing else, what we do here entertains. That's all we're here to do. We're here to talk about a band, celebrate their catalog, and entertain you, the audience. So that is that is our goal for 2023, and that's what we're going to keep on doing. So, uh, yeah. Um, moving forward, uh, Corey, I know it's uh, the holidays have uh, come and gone, so we've been sort of on a, a little hiatus, whatever. But I, uh, anything happening within the world of Van Halen? Well, I tell you, uh, David Lee Ross started up his podcast again. Uh, the Ross uh -huh. Show mm -hmm. uh, has a new season coming out. I believe uh, episode three uh, may have dropped uh, as we're recording this. I uh, haven't had a chance to check them out yet. I'm still in uh, recovery mode uh, from our own live <laughs> show and from the holidays. Hopefully everybody out there had a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate, uh, and a very Happy New Year uh, from all of us here. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us, like Mark said, and to all the people who 
had no idea that we're listening. Thank you for listening. That That's fantastic. But uh, yes. uh, there's some great uh, articles on the Van Halen News Desk. And again, uh, we recommend everybody check out the Van Halen News Desk, www.vhnd.com. Uh, you can learn more about uh, David Lee Roth and his latest podcast. Uh, he was talking about his club days, uh, I think, in the latest episode. Um, there's a great article, uh, Sammy Hagar explaining why he's never started a business with Michael Anthony that I recommend everybody check out. Uh, the, the reason is kind of obvious, but um, yeah. <laughs> check out that article. Uh, Steve Lukather uh, talks about uh, setting the record straight on tracking Michael Jackson's Beat It with Eddie Van Halen. So that is a must read. Absolutely go check that out. And um, they talk about uh, the iconic video for Jump which was released 39 years ago uh, this month. Uh, but kind of wow. big news for Michael Anthony fans. He's headlining the Save the Heartbeat fundraising event and concert that's coming up. Woo-hoo. So uh, you don't hear a lot about Michael Anthony headlining anything. So uh, I have oh, no never. idea if this is going to be with the circle or if he's going to put a band together or he's just going to perform with people uh, who are on uh, this uh, event on March 25th. But uh, uh, Save the Heartbeat uh, is uh, raising money for congenital heart disease. Uh, which is a, a birth defect. Uh, it kind of hits a little home to me. My daughter actually has a, a heart condition she was born with. She has a left aortic arch. It should never affect her uh, in, in her life, thank God. Um, but um, heart has been on my mind recently because two of my friends uh, just had massive heart attacks. So uh, I'm actually paying a lot more attention to my own heart health uh, right now. So this one kind of uh, hit home for me. So uh, by all means, everybody check out the Save the Heartbeat uh, website. Go to the Van Halen News Desk. They have all the links. They'll talk about Save the Heartbeat. But cool little event. You can go see Michael Anthony. There's a VIP meet and greet. You can play with the band. Sponsorship opportunities available. Sponsorship opportunities available. Uh, it's happening March 25th, 2023 at the Tiki Bar in Costa Mesa, California. In lieu of uh, sending me uh, a two-day late birthday present, go and support this charitable cause. Uh, support Michael Anthony because that's awesome. That is really, really cool to hear. Um, that that sounds like an event you do not want to miss. So do yourselves a favor. Do what Corey says. Go uh, go check that out if you're in the area. Uh, uh, contribute and listen to some, I'm going to assume, some pretty rad tunes by some pretty rad musicians. We already whoa, know whoa, there's whoa. the one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Stop bearing the lead. Did I miss your birthday? No, 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 no. Uh, my birthday's on the twenty third of March, so I was like, oh, okay. so, it's a, a two, so that's why I said uh, uh, a uh, late two day, like t- by two days. So the twenty fifth, yeah, that's what I'm. Oh, okay, um, I totally missed the assignment. I thought your birthday was two days ago. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I missed Mark's birthday. I'm the worst podcasting partner. Of oh all no, no, no. I I have a feeling you'll find out uh, on <laughs> when it's my <laughs> when my birthday actually comes up. But uh, but no, uh, uh, the twenty third. But on the twenty fifth, uh, as I said, go uh, if you want to. Uh, give given a present to me in some way uh my my vote is just contribute to this charitable cause and support michael anthony because that sounds like a very fun time so with that being said uh cory uh should we talk about the polls from our shows from last week that's not a bad idea and actually uh uh, to the chagrin of, of some, I released the polls during the live shows you uh, did. because I want I wanted to see. You know, we were trying to get some some kind of real time results. Uh, they went on for the week after. Let's talk about the final vote on dancing in the streets. Uh, One hundred fourteen yes. votes, so it was a very active poll. Sixty two point three percent. What dreams are made of? Thirty seven point seven percent. This dream is over. So the majority of people uh, agree with you and I. And I, That's like right. I said on the live show, I switched my vote because going in, 
I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to vote for this You're song. Right now, I, yeah. I, I never listened to Dancing in the Street, but there was enough there that I, I find myself enjoying. Maybe it was the whiskey talking. I don't know. But uh, you and I both voted <laughs> uh, yes on Dancing in the Streets. Uh, we got a few comments here if you want, Mark. I can go through those real quick. Absolutely. All right. Let's start with a Trockman 5150 who says, uh, I will admit I do like this much better than Pretty Woman. Diver Down, not one of their best offerings. So not a fan of the cover so much, but uh, does enjoy this one more than Oh Pretty Woman. That's a, that's a, that's a take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Robert Cato says, yet another example of Van Halen covering a song and making it their own. Outstanding background vocals, as mentioned, Alex running the show with his drum performance and EVH with an inventive performance on guitar and synth as usual. So that's a pretty good take on this song, I thought. Yeah, especially considering uh, when you think about the the guys, didn't, except for Dave, didn't want to do this song. They, they yeah. didn't want to cover it. It wasn't their style. And yet, look what we got. And you know what? Uh, he mentions uh, Alex running the show with his drum performance. That may have been what swayed me because I don't know if I, I really so. paid attention to the drums too much until we did the show on it. It's like, you're right. Like, he's really yeah. killing it on the drums on that uh, one. Yeah, I believe, I believe so. Yep. Uh, Will Tennant, I love this comment. It's Van Halen, meaning it's superior quality. There you go. That's all you got to say. <laughs> good good job. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trevor Dorn says, love it. Everything recorded by Dave, Ed, Alan, Mike is solid gold. I dig all the covers they Van Halenized. There you are. I'm with you, man. Yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, Rava Flav says, party song, Van Halen, party song, while Van Halen was a party band. And, and that was pretty much uh, our take on it, too, right? And uh, Yeah, that's uh, exactly was, it. Uh, a lot of the comments in the chat was saying the same thing, too, right? Like, what do you expect? It's a Van Halen party song. Like, you can't yeah, go exactly. wrong, right? No. Uh, the Vic uh, says, I love the original. Most of the covers are terrible, though, including Van Halen's and Mick Jagger slash David Bowie's. Uh, I will agree on that one. Uh, I, I just remember that video and how awkward that thing was. Do you remember that? The Mick Jagger, David Bowie? <laughs> I, I do. Um, but I, I am more of a fan of the uh, the shredded parody version of it as well. Uh, if you haven't seen that, <laughs> just just Google, uh, you know, David Bowie, Mick Jagger shredded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the account uh, called uh, VH5150VH says, love the music, hate that the lyrics are a cover. So, Well, you know. Oh, our good buddy Jonathan Meisner is back, and he says, weakest track on Diver Down, great wow. Eddie solo, and yes, Dave is having fun, but Dave always has fun with everything. There's interesting pieces to this song, but the whole is not greater than the sum of its parts. I tell you, well, I mean, at least from my perspective, if that's if you believe Dancing in the Streets is the weakest of the Diver Down uh, uh, track listing, then that's saying a lot about Diver Down, actually, so... You know, it, you may not you may not dig it as much as we did, but uh, that's still a pretty big compliment when you think about it. And it's funny you say that because of the song we're doing tonight, which you still don't know, but the folks oh. listening do, uh, <laughs> that is kind of brought up as well uh, for a different album. But I won't spoil it here for you. All uh, right, Dennis all right. Myers says, "Laugh all you want. This is the track that got eleven-year-old me into Van Halen. Nobody's laughing. That's fantastic. Any song yeah, no. that gets you into this band." 100%. That is fan-fucking-tastic. And that's a reason yeah. to like Dancing in the Streets right there. Absolutely. It, whatever song gets you into it, it's that's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to laugh at all. Yep. Uh, Joe says, sure better D. Uh, maybe I'm not sure what word he meant there, but sure better, you're no good cover. <laughs> uh, dancing in live version is not so bad. It's a funny song, good for a party, not for an album. But all we know the story about Diver Down, where Warner Brothers asked more covers for more hits. Yeah, yeah, we we understand the story behind that, but uh, nevertheless, it's uh, 
for Corey and myself, it worked. And for, I guess, 63% of you, it still worked. Yep. Uh, Ryan Powell, who is still going through his, uh, his rankings uh, in his uh, head-to-heads uh, on Twitter, check that out. He's at Hairhead3 uh, on Twitter. He says, uh, definitely see the points made on weaker aspects of this song, but it's a good song. And while not their best cover by a long shot, it is a good cover. Van Halen is so versatile. Saying something they do is not Van Halen seems short-sighted because they can do it all what dreams are made of. And I think that pretty much sums up what Mark and I were feeling on that night. I agree. Yeah. Uh, not their best cover, but still, it's a good cover. Yeah. Uh, Chaz, who was very vocal in the chat, saying, <laughs> what the fuck do you guys want? It's a Van Halen party song. Uh, and his comment is, if you can't hear the fun, this ain't your party band. The best cover band in the fucking world. <laughs> Here, here, Chaz. Good on you, because they yep. are. It is it everybody is all party all the time. It's especially 100%. the uh, it's it's during the David Lee Roth era, so of course it's all party. Yep. yep. Uh, Scott Everett says fun, funky, and different, and I'm there for it. Van Halen rushed is still better than everyone else. We're making the classics <laughs> in a way only they could. Well said. Yep. Uh, the account known as Van Halen Lyrics says, this is a tough one. Even Eddie resented what happened with this track. It would have been listening or interesting to hear what could have been had the band wrote an original song with the arrangement Ed was working on before producers got in the way. But as it is, it's a fun cover. And uh, Eric Sedich yeah. uh, said that on the live show. He said, you know, Eddie was working, that intro riff was supposed to be for something else. It was going to be an original, but he just kind of mm-hmm. co-opted it uh, into Dancing in the Street. So great comment there, I thought. Yeah. Uh, Scott Monroe says, I enjoy this cover much more than Oh Pretty Woman. It played at my wedding reception. Come fight me. No one's going to fight you. That's totally cool, buddy. And I hope you had a great wedding reception. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's two two people now that have said they prefer this cover above the Oh Pretty Woman cover, which, yeah. again, that is a take. But that's, uh, hey, good on you for, for loving it so much. Absolutely. I, I respect your opinion. It's not one I share, but you're more right, than welcome exactly. to it. Yep. Uh, Freddie Steady Go says, better than the original. I don't know. I'm kind of partial to Martha and the Vandellas, but <laughs> I mean, I think I said the same thing about uh, Oh Pretty Woman. Just I, I enjoyed it a little bit more than Roy Orbison's, but I, I feel like that's probably a generational thing, perhaps, mm-hmm. or just, I guess, your personal preference when it comes to uh, genres of music. I don't know, but that's cool. That's a cool take. Absolutely. Uh, Sean Geek says crap, utter crap. So, <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sometimes his thoughts on it. Uh, Kyle Anderson says, not my favorite, but I can enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And finally, uh, Brad Gold says, missed the voting cutoff. One of the rare times I will vote down Van Halen. Eddie is great, Ooh. but the song just sucks. So Brad, not a fan. Just not a fan of the song at all. Um, well, I tell you, and it, it the results don't really shock me um, because I, I think maybe even I said... Uh, that uh or at least i thought it that this would be uh a pretty close race like this they weren't it wasn't gonna run away with the with the victory or the uh or the the non-victory whatsoever i thought it was gonna be a little bit more neck and neck uh 63 over uh 37 that's not bad that's not bad no not at all and yeah i thought it'd be closer too uh so a little more of a uh, of a hit than i kind of anticipated now the second song we did on the yeah. live show <laughs> in my mind should be a hundred percent to zero. Like how anybody voted down run around. Like you, well, you're not a, I mean, you're we, not a Van Halen we, fan and you're not a fan of yeah. music. Like who it's hurt just, you? I mean, we, we talk about, I mean, we've, we've talked about that before with certain tracks where it's like, this one's a no brainer. And a lot of time, I think 
almost every time we've ne- I don't think have we ever received a 100% uh, no. a rating before I don't think so because there's there's always at least one maybe two uh whether they want to be contrary or not they're just that's just legitimately how they feel there's always going to be somebody uh that's going to say nope while the rest of us are saying yay and there's just, there's always the one asshole dynamics of us yeah there's but, always but here's, one here's the thing though one or two I can understand but the sure. vote on running around was 85.5% what dreams are made of 14.5%. This dream is over. So that's more than yeah, one or two. That's, that's more than like, two. That's a lot of people what the that, fuck? Uh, you know, out of 55 votes, that's uh, a, a good chunk of them still were just, nah, not for me. Run around what might be one of my, it, it's, it is one of my favorite Van Halen songs of all time. Sammy, Dave, it doesn't is, matter. Yeah. It, it, it's top five for me. I love the hell out of this song. And I was so drunk that night, I couldn't really express that very well <laughs> verbally. Uh, but I was just having so much fun listening to it. I love that song so much. Yeah. Let's get to some of the comments here. Uh, Rave of Flav. Yeah, right off the hop, he says, oh, my God, who could possibly vote this one down? So much wah in that lead. It, it The wah is wonderful. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, what, uh, what comments we're gonna get if, if we're even gonna get a comment whatsoever in the thread about uh, why someone would vote this down. I know, right? Uh, Robert Cato says a great song from what is their best album of the Sammy era, in my opinion. No brainerd on this one, sure. Yeah, I mean, there, yes, yeah. you would think so. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, Ryan Powell. Uh, who has never voted down a, a Van Halen song, to my knowledge, uh, says Run Around is a great Van Halen song with a killer hook. I love digging into all the nuances of the performance, from Ed's rhythm work to Al's offbeat variations. Love, love, love the four on the floor snare and glad it was called out on the episode. Great music video, too. See? Well, there you go. There's a He didn't vote down. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's one who actually voted for how many say I like. He loves everything. Ryan Powell Oof. is a Uber fan. Right, yeah. Gotta love that guy. Oh, yeah, love that guy. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, bold man, Ryan. Yep. Uh, Kyle Anderson says, love this song. Corey Thumbs, uh, Corey Thumbs downing this song in jest was blasphemy on the live show. Yeah, I, <laughs> because I had praised it so much and I was so excited for that song. I I, I clicked the you song and said, them. just kidding. Yeah, still fool them. They just don't know. They just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Kyle says, Corey, you shouldn't give people the run around like that. Not cool, man. My apologies, Kyle. <laughs> You're absolutely right. right. Blame it on the whiskey. Uh, Scott yeah. Everett, he says, maybe one of the best Van Halen Mach 2 songs. The band was absolutely hitting on all cylinders and having fun. Doesn't get any better than that. Eddie Van Halen solo, absolutely correct. No arguments detected. Yeah. Uh, Scott Monroe uh, missed a live show. He says, this song really encapsulates the fuck sound to me. It's Hagar era party rock at its finest. Uh, and woo boy, that pause in Eddie solo before he and Alex go toe to toe like animals. Missed your live show, but great manifestation of that's what happened here. It is because I manifested runaround and got it. That's yes, twice now. That's yep. twice. Uh, I have yet to do it yet, but uh, one, one of these days. <laughs> one of these. I mean, the, the further down we get on the list, eventually I'll get it right. You know, we're we're down to one song in the wheel. You're guaranteed to get that one right. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if only if only it's the song that uh, we hope that it is. So that that's right. Uh, Josh uh, at Upper Mid says, "Good song." All right, thanks for contributing. All right, I yeah, agree. No, it is take, a good song. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's all you need to say. Sometimes it's yep. like good songs. Like okay, yep. Ah, Greg Zito says, turn this all the way up. Banging track with Alex Van Halen's drums shining in the mix. 
absolutely yeah. right there my friend and brad gold uh, finally says one of their best could not agree more um that night i probably would have named it my favorite van halen song of all time as it stands top three gotta be love that song. top three i mean yeah that's good it's it's a great song yeah it's, but there's always again there's always got to be one or in this case uh quite a few uh but look if if you are one of those uh, uh souls that decided uh this song just isn't for you let us know why you know hit us up don't now don't be condescending about it and don't be assholes like we're just we're yeah. legitimately asking what is it about runaround that uh you didn't like uh because it seemed like this one was one of the few that's across the board everyone's like yeah but if you have the uh, uh differing opinion let us know was it Sammy? Is it because it's a Sammy tune? Is that does that have anything to do with it? I don't know. But uh, yes, feel free. Let us know. Don't be shy. Absolutely right. Uh, so that brings us to the third song of the live show, which Mark uh, ah. wisely ducked out on. So you don't <laughs> yeah. know what was spun. So what I did was I kind of I cut out as much drunken rambling as I could. And mm -hmm. I turned a, a, a 90 minute discussion down to a 40 minute. So what we're going to do here tonight, folks, is we're going to play Mark for the first time that 40 minute segment of the live show where we spin the third song and we're going to get all the panelists uh, discussion on it. Cause they all had some great points and then okay. they all vote. And then at the end, uh, Mark and I will vote uh, as well. Uh, so for the first time, uh, Mark, if you're ready, uh, instead of spinning the wheel, uh, we're going to play the clip of us spinning the wheel uh, back from the live show in December. Well, before, before we do that, I still have to get, I still have to manifest because oh, yes. I don't okay. know, because I have no idea what's on. You already know. So this is, this manifestation is for shit, but, uh, but I don't know. So let's see. I predict you guys probably spun another Sammy tune. And I think, you know what? I, I think I want to hear, uh, uh, when it's love. I think it's when it's love. I think you spun when it's love. I tell you, that'd be a really good one. Let's see oh, if you're right. man. Come on. <laughs> All right, Kurt, let's spin that damn wheel, baby. Do How it. many songs do you have left? You're, you you got to be oh, almost loads. like... Loads. Well, let's bring it up here. We're I knocking them all out tonight. <laughs> you still all over off. Also, I apologize for the echo on my voice. I, I think I got oh, that okay. fixed for, for the next live show. You were like... Uh, no worries. Like uh, two-thirds of the way done. but No, they're not. 61. Yeah, actually, we have 61 left on the wheel. Okay. Can you believe it, Mark? Wait, 61. Follow -up 61. Jeez. I don't think we have one. We may uh, be done. you, you got to do David Lee Roth. Do Dave solo. Hey, I, oh, I talked about doing a solo wheel. I already got Dave tracks, Sammy tracks, Mammoth uh, WVH. I would love to do it, but Mark is kind of eh. Are you sobering up? No. Far <laughs> no. more. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. What was it? Oh, we're gonna get. Oh, I love this one. Oh, oh no, I can't see. Push comes to shove. From... All right, so it's not a Sammy track. No, it's Push not. Push comes to shove from Fair Warning, and I don't know oh, if man. you saw, kind of saw it on there, but we we were very close to you know as is was manifested by uh, uh, Scott Haskin uh, on the show. We almost got somebody to get me a doctor, which I've been asking for for a oh, while. Oh, that would have been fun. That would have been real fun. But uh, push what comes are your, to shove. Yeah, what are your initial uh, impressions? Do you remember uh, push comes to shove from Fair Warning? I'll be completely honest. I don't. Uh, maybe I'll remember it once I start 
you know, hearing the actual music, but right off the bat with the title, no, I'm my am blanking. Fair warning doesn't I don't have a lot of of like extensive deep listens of fair warning, not all that much. Uh, the most I've had comes from what we've done on the show. Uh uh just be uh, just that's just kind of the way it, it fell into place so push come to shove this this could be a very fresh take or my mind could be uh re-scrambled and go oh wait 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 i do remember this and then i might have my own opinion there but as of as of right now this this is gonna seem probably a a, a fresh take and uh push comes to shove comes right after unchained on side mm-hmm. two of uh, fair warning uh, the panelist and myself, when we spun this, very excited. It's a it's a different song for Van Halen. I'm really anxious to get your kind of comments on it. Uh, so let's just keep the live show going here a little bit. All right. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Great Woo-hoo. fucking track. It, All right, Eric Sedich, tell us a little bit about Push Comes to Shove. Yes, Push Comes to Shove is indicative of that era where you get a little bit of the, the disco feel. They're looking to do something disco-ish. So that's why you get the and reggae actually. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. I mean, what 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 more can you say about this this entire album? Uh, Push comes to shove was not a single. It was obviously just a, a you know deep track off of the album. I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh... I tell you what. It, uh... Setlist.fm, as far as I could tell, says it was never played live. Now, somebody's good. If, if it was, please correct me. If it uh, was, going, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Let please don't know, be a dick but... about it. Yeah, just say, hey, you're wrong. Because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm wrong constantly. But even Eric's kind of kind of thinking back here. I've got a question yeah, for yeah. you, Eric. Yeah. Does it seem cold in here to you? Do, 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 do. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is there anything left in that bottle? Sure. <laughs> And then you hear like David cigarette. Sean is five Krakens deep at this it's point. Like you left so. that in. What is, is it? Is cigarettes. <laughs> so this yeah. is not a, another song about aliens and anal probes. It is not. <laughs> yes. No. Oh darn. <laughs> uh, uh, it is Scott, but it's very oblique, you know, and it's very cleverly written. So you would never pick up on it. So you know. <laughs> Fair enough. The, the chat will tell us. It's it's one of the least talked about tracks off of the album, that's for sure. But there isn't a bad song off of Fair Warning, so it's that's not, very true. It's, it's not as if it's a um, it's it's just so many other songs on that album that are just so goddamn good. But Push Comes to Shove is a cool tune, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see. Well, we'll find out what people think of it. You know, we'll see if it gets any thumbs downs. Mark, Mark you know this track? track? Oh yeah, that's my favorite album from Van Halen. I should. That's Mark Perillo from uh, Rock Roulette podcast. I should correct myself yeah. too. More more so of a reggae feel than disco. Yeah, mm-hmm. is really what it was. You know, that's yeah. Dave was you know into the the Bob Marley thing. Patty, do you know uh, a lot of fair warning? Do you know this song at all? I just want to say before, how great is Hattie uh, from the Judas Priest cast? Um, you know, it was like uh, 10 a.m. in Bangladesh when we were doing the yeah. live show. So uh, she woke up uh, and came on the show and, and afterwards said, uh, you know, how great it was that everybody kind of made her feel welcome. Well, she, she's one of us. She's part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network with the Judas yeah. Priest cast. And she did a fantastic job. I love talking to Hattie. She was great. Didn't get a lot of time to uh, to converse while I was, you know, still coherent enough in there. But uh, so glad she joined. And yes, yes, very, very cool. What a trooper. Well, I do not, but I have like just read about it on Wikipedia, so I think I'm ready. All right, if you are all ready, 
uh, let's uh, play a little push comes to shove from fair warning okay so at this point kevin brown is trying to cue me to stop and i'm just grooving so much i didn't even pay attention to him you, you, you <laughs> see it on our freeze frame here kevin's waving he does this quite a bit actually and i feel really bad sorry kevin <laughs> he's trying to get my attention i'm like yeah push comes to show. he's That's eventually cool. just gonna have to like get a flag or something and just like wave it like that and so where you just you can't help but notice it yeah Corey needs to drink less whiskey and maybe not be on the air for five and a half hours that helps too but uh mark was what was your show, initial you know? oh yeah what was your initial impression of uh of the intro here Kind of love that base, right? It very much. I see what, um, first of all, yeah, no, I have no memory of it so far. So let's just, let's just pretend it's a, a, a fresh perspective. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying with the reggae-ness of it all. Um, I'm, I'm, Eric had mentioned this is, uh, their attempt at, or at least, uh, uh, I guess a callback to disco, something like an attempt at disco or something of the sort. I have, I'm not hearing that quite yet, but maybe as the song progresses, but I do hear that reggae intro. So I'm, it's interesting as a non reggae fan. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So Eric, is that Eddie or Mike playing that baseline? Thank you. I, I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> as far as we know, it's, it's Mike. He's credited as being the bassist, but. There are those who say Eddie was playing bass on some of those old albums. Yeah, because it's got a, it's got a real funk groove to it that I don't automatically associate with Mike. I'm gonna say it's him. You think it is? Yeah. There, there, there are those in the know who said that uh, they that Eddie did some of the bass work on some of those albums, but I, I don't. So is that I, a case and I, I don't I, I don't buy the 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 comment that Ed said once that he had the teach michael okay pretty much everything he played you know and, and we talked about the show where we read that quote where eddie van halen said i had to teach my teach mike uh, every note to play and all that but it is yeah we, we we speculated maybe it's a case of i wrote the song here's how i want the bass to sound and he showed him like like in that context so uh maybe instead of teaching him like literally how to you know play every note he ever played it's like no i want the bass to sound like this and then mike just played it because Mike is a pretty yeah, yeah. damn good bass player, right? Absolutely, he is. And I, I just want to point out uh, on the live uh, feed, uh, Tom Armbruster, who's been on the show, and we're going to get him back on again. Uh, his comment yeah. was, one of the first uh, bass lines I tried to learn when I was a newbie on the bass. And, and that's a good one, because th this is really a kick-ass bass line. Mm -hmm. It wasn't joysticking, then it wasn't sort of a, no. you don't think? Okay. No, I, like I think that's my, I mean, the, the thing is, Michael Anthony's capable of doing a, a, things like this. It's just that he pulled back because Ed, Eddie, Eddie is Eddie. I mean, you, yeah. you got to balance a song out, which is kind of what we were talking about with Alex, too, before. You got to step back because Eddie's going to be the guy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, Michael just, uh, you know, like if you listen to him on this new album, Crazy Times with Sammy, he's doing some cool stuff on there. He can do it. Really good album, like the by the way. Sound of the bass too. That it's oh, got just a, a slight touch of flange on it, but it, it's got like a good warmth, but thick sound. Yeah. And it's a great group too. Like I, I, I like the start of the song. I'm just kind of waiting for Isaac Hayes to come in, and it really has more <laughs> oh, of a, like yeah. a, a feel like that. 
All right, help us out here, Mark, for us kind of yeah. non-musicians uh, to, to, to put like a flange uh, uh, on the baseline. What's he referring to there? Uh, it's just a, uh, it's a pedal. It's a special effect uh, pedal that kind of gives the, it's really hard to describe it. Like if you're not in the know of how it sounds, like it's one of those where just like if people say, uh, listen to that wah in the solo, like I automatically know what you're talking about. Cause like I can hear it. Um, how do I describe the flange? Uh, I guess it's sort of like a, um, kind of gives it a uh, psychedelic feel like, uh, when you hear it, it kind of wobbles a bit, like the notes, the, the, the effect oh, okay. essentially make, makes the kind of the notes from the strings kind of give it like a wobble sort of sound. So it sounds like you're, uh, uh, maybe on a trip, so to speak, uh, okay. kind of get, but, uh, but again, the, uh, the warmth also, yeah, as, as mentioned, it, like there's a kind of a warmth feel to it. So it's, I don't know what the, the word flange is really supposed to, uh, mean. I don't know. Someone I'm sure can, can jump in and, and describe it a <laughs> whole lot better than I can, but the way the, my understanding and the best way I can describe it is sort of this, uh, kind of wobbly warm feel to, uh, to the sound. Okay, but I I think I get it now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Or do you get yeah. a little bit of um, the stones miss you? What that same bit. kind of yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also the, the was... disco thing that the baseline is disco. I mean, it is, and we're talking 1980 when this this album. Was... I mean, he's not he's not wrong. He's not wrong in that regard. There there's a little mm -hmm. bit of that uh, kind of slower, like slowed down sort of disco kind of feel. Um, I, I see I see what Eric's trying to say. I I again get more of a reggae vibe, but uh, I I see what he's trying to say. More in the groove, maybe just kind of that look. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. around 1980 when it was recorded, came out in '81. Well, sure, but Hattie, but I, 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 Hattie was, I think Hattie was next, right? So, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yes, I was just saying that in you know uh, British Steel, which came in 1980, they had this track "The Rage" that also had this uh, reggae kind of sound, like da 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 in the beginning. So I think like uh, early '80s had this trend going on, like infusing reggae with harder music, like rock, metal, whatever. That's a pretty cool comment. I, I can see that from the, the Judas yeah. Priest side. Can you think of any, maybe any other songs that kind of had a, a early '80s metal that maybe had a, a reggae influence? Uh, I mean, Primus isn't exactly like a an '80s band, um, but it, or may, maybe they were rocking in the late late '80s or so. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I, that's the only thing that really springs to mind. But I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's a lot of different uh you know examples but not yeah i can't really think of any or at least if i'm thinking of them um they, they're not the obvious choices you know mm -hmm. interesting yeah yeah good call and uh chaz brings up uh kiss dynasty you know has a little yep. break. oh man i'm barely speaking at this point i apologize for that but yeah kiss <laughs> dynasty kiss definitely dynasty, has yeah, that kiss was yeah, the it, one. Uh, especially the Dynasty album was very much the, the mm. disco album, right? Like I Was Made yeah. for Loving You came off that record. Was Dynasty, uh, was that in the 80s? Oh, yeah. Or the late 70s. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So my brain went to Kiss uh, immediately, but for some reason I was thinking Dynasty was like late 70s at most. But if it's 80s, there you go. There, there's a perfect example of what she's talking about. Actually, you're right. It was 1979. That that came out oh, so right, well right on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, See, right there I on the edge. Fucked up again. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. 
I, I, I thought it was 1980, but I'm no kiss expert, even though people can't see I'm wearing a kiss t-shirt as, as we're recording this here. Today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 79. 79. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretending like I know <laughs> drunk on a live show. Reggae. Cause that's not a reggae beat at all. Cause it's the kick, the, the, it's yeah. the one and three. It's not the reggae's on the two and four rhythmically. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like it, that's, that's also, yes. disco, it's soul. It's that kind of right. lean reggae. Kevin Brown knows his shit, and uh, he does. He is. He's, he uh, he always he's impresses me with studied. how much he knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a drummer, so he would know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. all to me, to my ear. Or if you're Which... the police, every other two. <laughs> uh, or if you're, you're, if you're the right. police, it sounds like the police. Yeah, you're right. Electric uh, <laughs> Avenue is eighty-two. Eighty-two. Yes. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's you know that was where Dave came from. He loved all the dance music, and that was his yeah. thing. But it, but uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it just sounds Van Halen. <laughs> no there you go. How even in the club days, they would play all these songs, and you know, it just sounded like Van Halen because Dave's got Dave's voice. Eddie sounds like Eddie, you know. Does it sound uh, like Van Halen, or does it feel like Van Halen? It, it's because it, those are two it, different it, things, right? It, it does. It it just feels well. I hear what you're saying. It it ha- it feels Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little. It's yeah. It's a little off the. Uh, it, it's not the norm that we were hearing from Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not what we heard on the first two albums. And yeah, it's hard to say this sounds like Van Halen, but yeah, it feels like Van Halen. Right, right. Yeah, but they were starting to to stretch out with Women and Children first, and, uh, th- and then this came next. And this is, I, I mean, Eddie was having so much fun on this album, but he had to sneak into the studio in the middle of the night to do it. But he also did some kind of end arounds with Ted Templeman because he, the solo on the on this song, Templeman had to do it like twenty times, and he still wasn't happy with it. So Ed snuck in, in the middle of the night and played us played us. Uh, I I don't even know. Did he even? I think he just played the next day. He just I think he played one of those twenty, and um, and Ted Templeman was like, "That's good. I like that." It was. A- I love that story because, yeah, uh, the the story is that Ted Temple didn't like the uh, Eddie guitar solo. Uh, so when they right. called it a day, uh, Eddie went back into the studio that night, played it again the exact same way, and then played it for Templeman, who said, I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> same so way he was just playing just replicated it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but um, there, there's some – Alan Holdsworth was Eddie's guy too. He that, So there's some, there's, a, there, there's some of that influence in the solo – I mean, this this whole album is just is brilliant in terms of what Eddie does on this album. Absolute brilliance. It's too bad this album no was covered some... on someone else's podcast. It will. And there's Sean pumping his own podcast again. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do it for him because he's not here. But yeah, go check yeah, out the Sean Geek Fast Fred podcast. Uh, they do a, a breakdown with Eric Sonich on the entire Fair Warning album, and it's a great listen. <laughs> I don't know which one that was. Do one. recall. Yeah. 
how great are those little Eddie accents he's putting in there, right? Over that bass line. Those are pretty great. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely hearing more of the disco vibe that Eric's talking about for sure. Um, But uh, do not sleep on that bass line. That is, that's some good, uh, we assume this is Mikey, uh, then great. I love those. And do, 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 do. And then you throw a on the upper register. That was really cool. I love that shit. This is definitely a shift uh from your typical uh van halen and i mean they and they do that a lot that that makes them so diverse of a band and that's mm-hmm. why we love them uh but it's this certainly uh d- falls into the category of not your norm in terms of what you would be used to hearing from van halen yeah i know the van halen news desk refers to this as a ballad uh, it doesn't sound like a traditional ballad does it not at first, no. Uh, the more it goes on, and maybe the uh, content of the song, perhaps, but uh, definitely not at first. It's a sing call in here to you. Now it does. What's there to do tonight? Yeah. Anything? Give me another cigarette. You know, they never played this song live. Never. I can kind of see. Yeah. Maybe. Because yeah. well, how do you fit that into a set, right? Like it's it's not even a palate cleanser. It's kind of this weird thing that doesn't exist. And, and it's absolutely fine to write a good album track. I think bands forget that sometimes that it doesn't have to fit into your oeuvre necessarily. You can write something that's just completely outside of that and put it on an album, and it fits on Fair Warning so well. But mm-hmm. live, how do you fit this into a set, right? Well, yeah. the way you would do it is you're doing another song and it has like a similar tempo to it right and then somewhere in the middle you just go to everybody just kind of like hitting the pulse and then you start this in and then you go back into the other song but to do this song on its own yeah like it just has such an odd start like it would feel really awkward just going into this from from stopping so just a medley right it's like a part of of a medley you could do yeah yeah. That's and the word i was looking it's also (laughs) it's also here comes the air quotes a ballad so a lot of the ballads just didn't work in, in the Van Halen live show, man. The high energy, that would just kind of take things to a grinding halt. How the fuck this is a ballad? Dave Lee Roth cannot sing a ballad. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's address that comment. Can David Lee Roth oh. sing a ballad, Mark? No comment. <laughs> um, no, no. Okay, look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and I will say he... He can, he could, uh, he just, you know, didn't. And if, and I mean, some people will say this is a ballad, like, well, but is it though? Cause so far you haven't, you haven't sold me that this one's a ballad. Um, and I think I, to, to somewhat play devil's advocate a little bit for, uh, Kevin, um, respectfully, I think what Kevin is, is implying that ballad in the sense of, what you would normally hear from a rock ballad, a la uh, a ballad from Journey, a ballad from Sammy Hagar. Uh, mm-hmm. No, David Lee Roth cannot sing those. Uh, but if it's a ballad in the style of David Lee Roth and even go so far as David Lee Roth era Van Halen, then yeah, sure. But I guess that would just depend on what you would consider ballad because ballad used to mean one thing and now ballad means a complete so many different things to so many different people it's just perspective really so what does ballad mean to you what what constitutes a ballad a ballad is supposed to be a uh a heartfelt love tune 
I believe even if you like look up the the definition, it's supposed to be like a a love sonnet put to you know music, whatever. Um, and a lot of the uh, you know, and a lot of rock ballads keep to that tradition because typically they're about love songs. But um, they're also ballads now. Like modern ballads tend to be more um, heartfelt, yes, but in a kind of let's just say in terms of rock, not so heavy, kind of more of a, a contained, a little more contained, so but still full of uh, uh, a sort of heartfelt message within them. So in, so with that definition, you could go in a lot of different directions and you and your content lyrically could go in different directions, really. Um, just take a look at uh, all those uh, rock ballads of the 80s and the 70s that you would, uh, you'd see compilation discs based off, or you could probably find them on playlists. Now, you, you'd be surprised what would be constituted as a ballad uh, these days versus, you know, traditional. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so lyrically, we haven't really gotten deep in the lyrics because the song just started, but lyrically, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of about, uh, you know, the the narrator of the song is kind of reflecting on uh, 40 one night stands and how yeah. many of those kind of remember his name and kind of more of a, a melancholy look at the rock and roll lifestyle. Like I've had all these encounters, but have, you know, are any really memorable? Like I'm, I'm not really so. Uh, it's more of a when you're talking about a, a ballad in terms of of a love song, it's kind of the opposite, right? It's a ballad mm-hmm. in terms of heartbreak and and loneliness in a way. Yeah, yeah, and but again, uh, a lot of modern day ballads kind of turned into that. Yeah. Uh, just and and uh, I think it's it's kind of how there are so many different genres of one particular. It's it's never just rock music or heavy metal. There's there's subgenres and it's sprouted into all these other things. I think uh, that's basically what modern ballads have now uh, become. There's your love ballad. There's your uh, m- melodrama ballad. Here's your uh, your heartbreak ballad. You know your your sad ballad. Whatever you want to call it. Um, <clears throat> it's probably not even so much as a ballad anymore. But again, we're living in a, a day of of transition and uh, you know different perspectives. So, to some people like Sean, this could be considered a ballad. There's probably a lot of people that think this song is a ballad. Um, I don't know quite yet if I'm one of them, though. We will find out. It reminds me of a song like uh, "What It Takes" from Aerosmith, which sounds mm. like a ballad, and it's a song all about heartbreak. You know, tell me what it takes to let you go. Not all ballads have to be love songs. It could be about losing love or. True, yeah. Though uh, I don't want to miss a thing is a classic modern day ballad. Classic? Oh my god! Go back and listen well, to only, the backtracks say- Aerosmith revisited <laughs> show where we talk about I don't want to miss your thing. Do that. I I only say classic just because it's uh so many people know it. It was a humongous uh, yeah. hit uh when it came out, and I say classic because well it was the '90s when it came out, and Aerosmith's have- only number one record. Yeah, and we have left the 90s far behind, much to my chagrin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know, but th- this, th- they did Women in Love in concert. Yeah. Um, in fact, we put up on the VHND, somebody cleaned up some video of that tour from 1980. Yes. Great Holy stuff. Shit. And then they synced up the audio from a different show, I think, in Pittsburgh. Okay, so, and they, yeah. they, there's a portion of Women in Love in there. Oh my god, okay. that band was just so goddamn good. Check it out on VHND. It's it's right. It's the second article down. Um, but so they did they did some of those songs. But uh, I, I, yeah, I can't see this working um, in any set. But 
uh, then again, uh, you know, they would have. That's kind of a good point. This is a tough one to maybe fit into a set like a. Mm-hmm. I'm only I'm thinking about set lists because I just did an episode of the uh, Queen podcast that Kevin Brown does called Seaside Pod Review, and Queen was one of the yeah. bands that really structured their set list. You know, almost academically, like okay, we got to you know blind them and deafen them in the first like ten minutes, and, th- and then you kind of bring it down. Then you got a little bit of an ebb, then you bring them down again, and then the big crescendo before the finale. So there really is kind of an art to a set list. And if you're Van Halen, especially on the Fair Warning tour, when you have hits from Van Halen one, Van Halen two, Women and Children, where do you fit a song like this in? That's kind of a tough one. Yeah, and I, I think maybe. It- a lot of it has to do with how it's structured um, because, you know, you're at a Van Halen show. Uh, again, I never got to see them live, unfortunately, but I've, you know, I've seen footage and I've heard footage and they're very, it's a very high energy sort of uh, performance because they were a high energy band. Uh, this song really brings that energy down. Um, you know, and sometimes you want that. Sometimes you can balance it pretty well, depending on who you are. And if Van Halen wanted to fit this in somewhere, I'm sure they probably could, but would it have killed the vibe? Maybe a little bit. Uh, so I can understand why. Uh, I did confirm, at least based on my searching for setlist uh, FM, uh, they did not play the song live i i have yet to find it so uh that's either gospel or it's not but uh to my to my uh uh research uh i found none pulled it off fine but like you said scott they just kind of put it somewhere fit it somewhere yeah. you know or, or, or a piece of it or yeah. or yeah or even just you know in the middle of a solo or something or they could have but back to queen really quick that's one thing they did on their 86 tours they do a medley and they do little snippets ah, yeah. of songs that maybe didn't fit anywhere else, like Killer Queen. That's uh, they, cool. They put that's a, that's a cool of way of doing thing. it. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe if you're Van Halen, you know, start with the baseline. Like that would draw a huge reaction, I think, from Van Halen fans at a concert. Play a little bit of it and then segue into something else. Maybe they figure that it would uh, either piss people off that they didn't complete it or that <laughs> is like, oh, God, you're going to play that one. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Well, if we play that game with how many times this song has been performed, I'm I'm calling zero. Zero. <laughs> Nailed it. Here's a question. Is this song a breakup song, or is it about a one-night stand? Let's mull that over. Good. Yeah, t- tough to answer when you've only heard uh, a few of the lyrics. Like, does it seem uh, cold yeah, I was here to say, you? Like, well, it's kind of hard to tell at this point, <laughs> yeah. unless you're just reading the lyrics. Good question. I've never heard it, so I can't vote. So, okay. <laughs> Some people live apart. They'll break yeah, your put, heart yeah, so damn up. easy. Put the lyrics up. There you go. Or play the song. That would work, too. And then one night in a stunning <laughs> victory, like... she <laughs> all reading it. she's leaving. Will you ever be the same? That's when push comes to shove. I'm not I a good producer. Gets, I knew it all along. Uh, boys, you will always be a stranger. Is, is you see boys, you will always be a stranger? And now we got the mismatch so. of lyrics. Uh, you know, actually, Eric, <laughs> I think uh, Dave Lee Roth was uh, sort of uh, presaging Brexit, and I think he was talking about how uh, Britain needs to be dependent <laughs> on the world stage. And doesn't oh, need- I think so. If you, really, yeah. if you really, if you really understand the lyrics, I think. Yeah. Do <laughs> that or anal probes? I'm not sure. I-, I love at this point in the live show. I just play the song. Like, shut up. We're going to listen to the song. I mean, yeah, honestly, it's like, like, come on now, let's hear it. (laughs) 
I get this is drunk, Corey. I'm not even looking at anybody on the screen. <laughs> I'm just doing my own Corey. thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It'll probe, but I mean, it, you <laughs> had to when do the it. ship flies away. What's there to do tonight? Anything? Give me another cigarette over here. Here it comes. Anything left in that bottle? I think one thing this song shows us is that Eddie Van Halen can play basically sort of any kind of guitar. Uh-huh. You know, he's, he can fit, you yep. know, he's just uh, tapping, he does all this, and he can stretch, he can slide everything else, but if you want a bit of sleaze and a bit of just mellow, blended beat down, you can do that, you know? What do, what do you think of what Eddie's doing on guitar here for the first little bit of the song? It's hard to tell because we haven't even made it to the first verse yet. Um, but just in this uh, intro, it's giving me a lot of Yacht Rock vibes, to be honest, uh, like, which, which you could... You could say a little bit of a, a little bit of disco kind of fits in there. Some sometimes a little bit of uh, an arena rock band like Journey can sneak one in there that fits the uh, the yacht rock catalog. Uh, but I like what he's doing because he's not he he's not trying to overdo anything. He's uh, basically providing just that extra little flavor. This is all being driven so far by Michael uh, and you know in the bass and or actually scratch that by Alex and Michael. This, this is the rhythm section kind of taking charge and, and Eddie's just kind of there sort of in the back, providing a little bit of flavor, uh, a little bit of direction of the road that Alex and Michael are paving. And then you got, and then you got Dave doing his Dave thing uh, so far. Uh, he's not scatting just yet. I'm assuming we won't get any scatting in this <laughs> song, but you never know with Dave. Uh, because again, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this track, but, uh, I like what he's doing. He's not uh, what Eddie's doing. He's not, uh, he's not overplaying. He's not trying to upstage right now. Um, but again, we haven't gotten to the official first verse just yet. So that could change. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think there's a kind of guitar that he couldn't play. Not necessarily that he didn't play, you know, there wasn't, he didn't play every type of guitar he could play, but it's not that he wasn't in his wheelhouse. He just didn't have the opportunity because this is just really laid back yeah very mellow very in the pocket but it's mm-hmm. perfect i, I want to hear him play a, a ukulele or, or you know a cigar <laughs> box or something and you'd think that'd be cool what was, what was the song or was it women also you can do first? It. um what was the song Corey? you had an episode where you're talking about he hadn't played something before and l- slide i think it was he just learned enough yeah. slide to play that song yeah so there you go that's that exactly it's like well it's, it's got strings i can figure it out right? so, <laughs> yeah what's this reggae thing here let me just try it okay yeah. Yeah. there you go yeah. some people live apart they break your heart so damn and then one night in stunning victory, she decides and you agree she's leaving. Will you ever be the same? Will you ever be the same? This next. So, yeah. Uh- Definitely about a one night stand, right? One night and stunning victory. Yes, she decides and 100%. you agree she's leaving. Yeah. 
yeah. guitar is that super clean tone to Eddie's guitar. I was going to ask, back. how big is that floor tom he's hitting? Because that is sounding huge <laughs> in the mix. Yeah. I think he borrowed it from Roger Taylor. I think he borrowed one of Taylor's rack toms and just fell on the floor. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I, I didn't like the, the opening, like the spoken word part so much. I could have done without that and just let the music shine through that. But like once the actual vocals started in, uh, I, I like it. I think it's got a, a real different feel. I've not heard uh, David sing anything like that before. Uh, oh. It's nice to hear him like get right to that like point where his voice almost cracks, but it doesn't. So at this point in the live stream, you can maybe see it in the corner there, Mark. Uh, Sean McGinnity had enough uh, and wanted to go to his drum kit. So he actually turned his camera around and he goes to his uh, his drum set here. He's going to play a little uh, push comes to shove. So. I like oh, those I little see. pitchy moments there. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's got a good feel to it. I love the vibe of the song, though. It's, it's kind of earth, wind, and fire for me. Chaz says, exactly. Ladies' Night in Buffalo uh, is this song part two. Yeah. <laughs> I love Ladies' Night in yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. What are you saying, though, Todd? It's like, I've been a, you know, I'm a, I'm a more of a Sammy guy than a Dave. Right. Just on the technical yeah. side. But this is this is Dave's wheelhouse completely because that sultry, low growl, yeah. it's really hard to sing down low without when you're not pushing air and really hold your tone. But he's mm -hmm. got yeah, and I love that Sean has now given up on the drums. If you can see, he's, he's left the kit. <laughs> he's going to turn the camera back yeah. around. Came in, did, did a little, maybe, you know, little, little, little thing, and then he's done. <laughs> Pitch perfect here. It's just that exact point where you want to, well, that's going to, I'm almost taking my panties off. You know, like, it's, it's, so, it's so dirty and sleazy and cool. Like it's just, hey, if you can get Kevin's fatties off, more power to you. This is prime era. Yeah, this is his yeah. prime vocal yeah. era. Yeah. 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 Vocals are amazing. Do, do you agree vocals are amazing? I know you're more of a Sammy guy, but uh, you've occasionally given Dave his due vocally. Would you say this is in his wheelhouse? Yeah, I don't think he's a god-awful vocalist. Uh, I would say this is in his wheelhouse. Um, I'm still on the fence on whether or not I consider this a ballad, but, uh, mm -hmm. but voc vocally, yeah, no, this, this is absolutely in his wheelhouse. So I'm not angry about what he's doing so far. That's when push comes to shove. I'll I'll leave it to you guitar players, but I I love the the fill-ins with the mute strumming, and then notes coming in, and then the, switching back to the mute strumming. That really adds so much. That one track adds so much movement to a song like this. Mm -hmm. I'd like to know what kind of Eric. Do you know what what kind of a guitar was he using? For this particular song like it doesn't sound there's something about it that just doesn't sound uh i'd say normal but it yeah, just like, it's very odd it's a very that odd one sounding. part right there it's, it's it's that super clean tone to it uh, but i don't know could it be a strat it could be strat just a regular just a regular strat yeah that's what it kind of sounds like or a telly maybe. sounds like to me yeah, yeah. The, like the strat quack has a, a certain tone to it Th this is kind of different unless it's a well, different type of pickup maybe that he's using do you think it's or, a telly god what's that this is from maybe i don't know just all right you're a guitar player is it a strat is it a telly what do you think sounds more of the strat and based on what eddie used to play it's 
it's more likely a strat, but that, I mean, you could get a, you could get this particular sort of tone out of a Telecaster if you wanted to, just depends on the telly. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it's a strat. That sounds like a telly to me. Super clean. Yeah. I mean, not wrong, not a wrong perspective or perception, but, uh, I personally think it's probably more of a strat. Keep in mind, these guys are really drunk at this point in the I mean, live yeah, show. Yeah. So, but yeah. but even so, even so, uh, like uh, with like I have a Nashville telly, and you can get all kinds of like tones from that thing, uh, and that's just one type of Telecaster. So, I mean, it very well could I could be wrong, but again, my instincts is telling me it's he's playing more, more of a strat. Something from Guitar World here, but it doesn't say the solo veers into jazz fusion territory as Eddie unleashes a smooth. And unleashes smooth legato lines reminiscent of Alan Holdsworth and palm muted melodic runs a la Al Di Maiola. Doesn't say what type of guitar. We were talking palm earlier, sound better on a Stratocaster. Okay, right. That's that, that's that tone. That's that really clean sort of when you want to get, you know, nothing in the way of what you're playing. That's what it kind of sounds like to me. I don't know. Oh, LDB. I mean, the real nobody, question nobody brought up. LDB. They need to be asking themselves more is not so much the guitar, but the the pickups, because yes. you can get you, you can get that tone. I mean, basically, you need the pickup for your tone. Uh, and uh, I, depending on what pickups you have in whatever guitar, you can get some some amazing sounds out of it. Um, so they they could be right, and they could be also slightly wrong, or everyone's right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking everybody's right because it could you could very well put a particular pickup that could be used for both. So maybe uh, maybe a Strat body with uh, some t typical uh, kind of Telecaster type pickups, maybe um, okay. or or vice versa. So who knows? It really it, it's anyone's guess at this point. D. Miola, there's another great guitar player. Yeah. The message, guess I knew it all along. Since you're a stranger in paradise, you fool. It seems like 40 days and 40 nights since someone used my first name, including you. That's a fucking great vocal delivery. Just in terms of the phrasing, if you listen to the lyrics, he's not sitting on sort of ba 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 he's he's mixing and matching what he needs to say and he's not kind of lining up his syllables to just match the groove this is kind of he's got a narrative there and what he wants it's almost sort of like a one of those kind of weird poems that doesn't rhyme right and that this is just a very 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 cool delivery vocal performance lyric everything about it i love it
I changed my mind. It, it is. I think it is a strat. <laughs> yep, I'm going back to my original guess. So like, it's a strat. You don't get you that kind of. It, it doesn't matter your pickups. I don't think. I mean, just there's something about the the body of the of the strat and the way the the sound kind of comes out. Like, you don't really get that type of sound with what Eddie just did out of a Telecaster. And if you can, more power to you. And I want to I want to hear what that sounds like. But I yeah, I think he's on a Stratocaster. Nice. What was it? Uh, Alex was playing guitar and then he switched to drums. Yeah. And then I think Eddie was playing drums and he switched to guitar. I just, you know, they, these guys are, they're so musically talented that it's just, it's just part of their nature. It, Played it by seems. ear. Yeah. yeah. Played by ear. He, 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 he didn't have the courage to tell his music teacher. So they, <laughs> she would put the thing up in front of him. He'd just pretend like he was reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. There's something really um, interesting about the sound in the solo too. It's like the way that it transitions from from note to note almost sounds like it's not even being played on guitar, but like a keyboard yes, with the portamento yeah. off. Well, you know, there's there's just something really unique about his playing style. You know what, Scott? It's interesting because he is credited as playing keyboards on this album. So where is it? You know, um, he plays a Gibson SG, which is a rare thing for him. He did that on uh, Dirty Movies. Oh yeah, I'm we still looking about around that, for some maybe. You know what it could be too. Forums that could pick up. Maybe that's what, what he's, he's playing. If he's playing an SG, it then could, he's not. Uh, that's not like an SG. Yeah. I mean, you you can get that sound. I mean, l- listen to what Angus was able to d- get out of that thing. Uh, Angus Young from ACDC. Right. Uh, and I mean, a lot of players. So, oof, I mean, Claudio from Coed and Cambria plays uh, a double neck uh, SG particularly on this song welcome home and that's one of their most like metal songs uh if you know coed and cambria and if you don't get learned because they're very good um and he he was able to pull some some great tone out of that so that maybe that's what eddie's playing i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked and you don't hear a lot about eddie van halen playing a, uh, an sg but he did on no this album. no yeah yeah because he's that that uh that franken guitar that was so iconic and that was had a particular that was a particular you know shape and design and style so uh yeah you, you don't i would not have uh i have completely forgot that he he had played uh before on an sg so i just would not have associated that guitar with him it could be harmonizer because he started using harmonizer around this time too okay. very lightly okay. so there's a little bit of harmonizer probably going on and all those mm-hmm. lines that he does all that legato it's just basically <laughs> yeah. one one position that he just symmetrically goes down the scale but it's not all, all the notes are not in the scale okay, so yeah. he he's so good at doing that that it sounds like it's right even though the notes that are out yeah. <laughs> don't sound out right it, there's oh, a yeah. band, a, a jazz fusion band. I don't know if any of you guys know them, called Gamelon, and uh, they had a real clean sound like this. There's like a, just a little bit of flange on the guitar. Um, you know, the, the drums are kind of crisp, and it really reminds me of that section of this song. It just, it just has such a, a similar sound to it to what they did, and I really like that. It, it's not something that you'd expect from a rock band, so this is kind of a refreshing take on the band. Yeah, there's something called an Aventide Harmonizer that's used yep. on this album. Aventide, yeah. So Aventide, yeah. Is he mirroring what he's doing on the guitar a little bit, just kind of playing some general notes on on like, on like that keyboard? Oh, just so they can process it underneath and get that kind of 
weird. <laughs> I feel like because it feels it sounds like there's something else there. Yeah, it's probably it's probably the harmonizer. The harmonizers and they weren't great back then, so they didn't track as good as the stuff does now. So it's always yeah. a little glitchy, but the glitchy is what makes it good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Corey, can you just play? Can we can we just reverse a bit and just, just play that over? Kevin oh, taking over the show. Hattie shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's back up a little. Sure. <laughs> I think that's just. I think that's production. I think that's just. That's all guitar. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else in there. No. I mean, and you know what? Just a variation of things that he's that he's doing, to come up with that sound because he's tinkering with a lot of stuff at this time. Yeah, I think around this time, I think around this time, his playing was evolving a little bit, and he was kind of trying things out. So. If you listen to lots of stuff around this time, there's always something in every solo. You go, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> right, right, right. It's almost like so, he did another yeah. take where he was tapping on top of what he was playing. Like he played <laughs> yes. it and then did another layer of it tapping. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But he he's using That's like different possible, pickups. Yeah. He's using different, yeah, different heads. I mean, he's just messing around with all these different things. And he hated um, his guitar sound at this time because it was all panned to the one side, and he hated it being panned right, to the one right, side. Right, right, right. Are you, he, like, are you, you hearing a little bit of Drop Dead Legs uh, in this? That's probably because of the, the harmonizer, because Drop Dead Legs, I think, uses I think uses that Ripley stereo guitar where it's a little panned, a little weird. So I think you're hearing something similar because he's trying to find that sound. He's trying to, he's using that device to try to thicken his sound up a little bit mm -hmm. because he's he barely did. And this one, he's overdubbing, but he rarely ever did that. I right. wonder if this whole solo wasn't all the way through, and then he came back later and did the rhythm part. Because well, it seems something. too, seems too flowy to me to be all chopped up. This is something from a, a guitar forum, and these these dudes are like definitely, you know, guitar gearheads. This is pretty interesting. So on, uh, this one person says here. Uh, let's see, what does it say? The Eventide, so he's talking about that on this album. Uh, only use it on some of the solos, and he did use it on Hear About It Later and Push Comes to Shove. Um, uh, let's see. I have heard that Eddie used a Les Paul on some of this stuff and a Mahogany Strat with Maple Neck, but who knows if that's really true or not. Hmm. My personal opinion is that Fair Warning's guitar rig is pretty much the same as Women and Children First. Uh, let's see. I think the production changed on the actual recording, causing Fair Warning to sound a little bit darker. Well, then you have to then that's then you have to look at Don Landy, the engineer. Mm -hmm. Also, Eddie could have switched pickups. Don't know for sure though. Uh, yeah, he was always then you're talking about uh, yeah, the, the, uh, something about yeah. a pickup and had a had a short in one of the coils on the first four albums i mean this guy's getting uh -huh. <laughs> no that, that's really deep diving right like i have yeah, a short yeah, really. one of the coils on the first four albums 
I mean, that sounds about right. It sounds about something he would do. You know, inside <laughs> well, baseball yeah, but, stuff. But but that is the inside baseball stuff. And Scott, I mean, you can speak to this as a producer. Those things matter. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, your, your pickup arrangement, your whatever you're setting on your volume, whatever's coming in through the, the signal out of the guitar makes a huge difference. When you play two takes and you've got your knob set differently, it's going to yeah, sound different, right? right? I mean, it's going right. to, and the attack's going to be different, the way you play it's going to be different. And as an, as an audio engineer, I can say that you, you can do a lot to tweak a sound, but you can't change the recording. You know, if the recording is muddy, you can do certain things to clean it up, but it's yeah. going to sound like you cleaned up a muddy tone, like you have to get a good recording. So yeah, it, it, if you have two completely different tracks, you can't comp them together and make them sound good. Like I'm going to take the first three seconds of this solo and then take the next eight seconds of that solo and, and merge them together because they're going to sound completely different. It doesn't work. And that's what I was talking about when we first started tonight about I'm the, I channeled in I'm the one. When you listen to that guitar track isolated, that's one take. You can hear it. Oh yeah, most of the and stuff. It's, and it's, in, one take. it's insane how good that is on yeah. one take. I think, you know? I think the whole first record's one take, and then because that's just the way, you, crazy, that's the way right? you play. That's, yeah. that's like that's Beatles level, but with you know technical, right? That's it's, well, it's just well, crazy. You got to kind of think about it. Back then, they couldn't. I mean, they could splice tape, but they couldn't cut and paste like you do now. Yeah. So you right. had to know how to play. So when you went in there, you had to actually play that thing all the way through, generally. Yeah. At put, least to put, get the, ba the one track yeah. down for the drums and stuff, and then you could mm -hmm. go back and do things. But you can't do what you do now. Yeah, musicians today, I don't think I understand how things were done way back when, right? <laughs> of course not, because it's it they, it's been made too easy. It's been made like way way the, we've we have cut so much of the uh, the work out of it out of the recording process um, with the technology, and sometimes that's a good thing, and then sometimes that's a horrible thing because I don't know. It really kind of I I for one would rather just kind of play it all the way through. I think that's what separates uh, the musicians from the non. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I come from a, from more of a world of film than I do music, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, even then, you know, when when you're splicing film together, uh, it's much different than today's day and age where you have nonlinear oh, yeah. editing and you can just kind of slap in whatever. Uh, back then, you really and I I learned how to edit on a on a chem flatbed. So when you're actually okay. taking pieces of film and you're cutting out trims uh -huh. and then you're splicing them together, so kind of the same things when it when it came to audio recording at the time. Damn kids today. <laughs> you had to be really good. You could punch in, but you all the engineer of beer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and possibly a little bit more. So, auto tune yeah. was that sucked. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to listen to mike yeah we yeah. haven't talked about yeah. mike at all mike is fucking killing it yeah yeah did it's you hear the stuff fun. behind the solo you hear the stuff behind the solo if you even yeah. if you weren't paying attention that's oh, the best stuff some yeah. crazy stuff going on behind yeah. the solo yeah 100 yeah. yeah. percent. hitting these really high notes and it, oh so good yeah so good I bought one of my I think Dave does another high note at the very. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, it's coming. No, he does. Different song. <laughs> oh, whoops. 
No, okay, no, it's not that. Yeah, but he, he's like, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> it is time to vote. Now, I'm going to play this uh, entire uh, episode for Mark, and he'll give his vote uh, at the end here. But let's... Uh, Let's poll the people on the uh, current call here. Let's start with uh, Sean McGinnity. Uh, is this what dreams are made? I got to preface by saying, I, I think I asked uh, the same people multiple times what their vote was. I, I cut it out of this, but like, Sean, I asked him like three times, what's your vote? Oh, you already went to me. Oh, fuck. Uh, who did I go to? Uh, it, it, it was it was terrible. It, have, or it was a, a, a dream round or table of people. It's understandable. Yes. Uh, on our show when we did this album, Eric will recall, this was my second favorite song off this album. Yeah. Period. So, yeah, it's... There's so many things going on in here. Every musician on this track is phenomenal. There's so much creativity. They're having so much fun. It's so off the beaten path, but it's still Van Halen. This is a classic. This is a top five song Van Halen song for me. Period. So we got one. Uh, that's what dreams are made of. Let's go to top Todd five. Infinity. You never know how Todd is going to vote. That's why I love having him on the show. And he is <laughs> voting the wild card. <laughs> you know what? Eddie was was great, and uh, I mean the. the Michael was great. Everybody was great, but I think Dave shined through on this one. I'm usually an Eddie fan, but on this particular tune, I just love the way that Dave, uh, you know, presented his lyrics. Just the way his, you know, his his patented squeals and 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 stuff. The way that he sings. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, the, the funky bass at the beginning. What I wonder is, is is this Eddie or is this actually uh, Mike? Because I mean. Normally, I don't know if Mike usually uses flangers and stuff in his, his sound. Not normally, at least from what I recall. But uh, definitely, if, if Eddie has anything to do with bass, I mean, he would have thrown something in front of it just to make it sound different. I think it would have been more busy if it was uh, Eddie, I think. Oh, you think? Oh, really? Think Potentially. Because so, yeah. you tend to be busy. Like, if you listen to um, uh, later stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think it'd be way more busy. If you want to hear a whole album with Eddie playing bass, it's Sammy's Never Said Goodbye. 1987. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. Playing bass on that whole album. He played mostly on uh, Van Halen 3, too, right? Well, that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe maybe like two <laughs> tracks. I think he played uh, Michael Anthony Light, right? Two yeah. tracks he played on Van Halen? He played on Fire in the Hole, right? And Fire in the Hole and something else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't even right think Fire in the Hole is Alex on drums. I think that's Ed. Really? Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, now yeah, I know I why Van Halen 3 is going for so much on Discogs. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it, that's... <laughs> Update, by the way. Uh, the guy who was selling Van Halen 3 on vinyl on Discogs uh, came down in price. Uh, it oh, should be course. delivered to my house uh, next Monday. <laughs> I did get it. <laughs> nice. You know what? An interesting done. comment about Van Halen 3... CJ CJ Chilvers, who was on the Sammy podcast, uh, oh the Van Halen Focus Encyclopedia Focus podcast, and he's, mm -hmm. he was talking about how Alex and Ed loved the um, uh, some of the stuff they were doing on Van Halen Three was is is indicative of their their love of um, 
I'm gonna, not fusion, jazz fusion, but uh, progressive. You know the stuff, some of the stuff they were digging back in the in the day. You know that, and this was just them stretching out, having some fun. But I, you know, again, I don't, I don't, I don't. Alex is not playing on all those tracks. He just uh, fire in the hole just sounds so thin. It doesn't, it yeah. it doesn't have that. I mean, you could tell when Alex is working the cymbals and stuff. It just doesn't sound like it to me. But it's, I don't know, maybe not. That's interesting. But a lot of that I can't wait to do just, fire in the hole. Just really Ed just yeah. doing his thing, laying down the bass, the drums, the guitar, and. I mean, you know, Alex is on. Um, without you, I mean, you just know there's oh, little yeah. things that that you pick up on. But yeah, without that's you, fantastic. Mission. Hattie has, has to, to go, go. so let's oh, get Hattie. her vote. Hattie, give, give us, us a, a thumbs up or thumbs down. down. Is, is this what dreams are made of, or is this what dreams? Okay, here we go. Okay, thank you so much. I will. I think it's amazing because well, it's my first time listening to it, and I uh, kind of like how, like in the in the last part, how the guitar solo and the whole combination worked. It's kind of very, like you know, bring something out of you, and that's interesting. Uh, let's go to Mark now. Uh, Thank you. Tell us what you Hi, think. Mark, Mark Perlow, not Mark Kamar. Uh, yeah, not me. <laughs> the other comes Mark. comes to shove? Uh, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. Is this what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? And he was very emphatic about dreams are yes. made of. <laughs> this song has to be like my number one Eddie Van Halen solo. I don't really? think he's done a lot oh, wow. like this. Wow. For me, Push Comes to Shove is probably number one for me. Just the the all outside playing, and I'm gonna do the Eddie side because I know Todd already did David Lee Roth, and he's <laughs> perfect on this thing too. But um, it's a it's a good thing when you see them go into a different genre of music, but it still sounds like them. So um, and then you throw Eddie's guitar solo, which really doesn't shouldn't fit really <laughs> on that, and it sounds so perfect and so right that. I would be hard pressed to find another solo that is better than this for me personally. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm giving it a big thumbs up. All right, let's go to Scott Haskin. What's your vote on Bush comes to shove? You know, it, it's it's a great song because, uh, I mean, for one, it's just a great song, but it's really nice to hear a band like Van Halen, who I really know is like kind of a rock and roll type band to do something really different like this, really experiment and reach out and try something different. Uh, I love the guitar tones in this. Uh, I love the drum sound. It, it, interestingly, I stopped listening to the drums halfway through and I was really just focused on what the guitars and the vocals were doing, which is not like me at all. I usually miss the <laughs> guitars and vocals altogether. Uh, no, great song. I, I, I'm really glad we drew this one tonight. Awesome. Kevin Brown, what is your vote? Is this dream over or is this what dreams are made of? a clean sweep with this one following on from what scott just said i mean i was listening to alex a little bit and it's again that thing of you've got this guy who's a virtuoso drummer but sometimes all he needs to do is sit in the pocket and just lay behind the beat and everything that is super cool i would also say That's that true. 
I'm not a huge DLR guy, most of the time, or I certainly wasn't before I started listening to this podcast. And this podcast has actually really sort of swung me over to Dave's camp. This is exactly what I want from Dave Lee Roth. The delivery, the phrasing, the rhythm, the syrupy sort of greasy kind of, you know, tone of his voice. It's fantastic for this song. You get this sort of, you know, rain, flickering streetlights, all the kind of the, the atmospheric thing from it. It's so cool. Um, and it's, if you think about this too, it's after Unchained on the album. So I think side two albums with Unchained, right? And then it's this yeah. one. So you've got this Correct. complete gear shift into this song and dynamically on an album, when you're sitting with a piece of plastic on a turntable, that kind of makes a difference and, and is important. So I think it's a very, very cool gear shift for Van Halen. And it was what makes them so good, right? It's what makes them... <laughs> more than average as a rock band is they can change gears when they need to so I love this song yeah alright now for the big vote here Eric Senich it's all he, coming down to me he doesn't like a lot of Van Halen so I, I, it's going to be interesting how this vote happens yeah here. I just, I just what do you think? get into this band I know um, how he voted get, on our episode can we get a drum roll a drum roll yeah. <laughs> no you know what's the problem I'm going to I'm going to say this I'm going to I'm going to lead by saying this is my least favorite song on the album i i, I want to stress least favorite it's, well, it's not, so not, true, uh, not true you voted um, two more so worse than this did i yeah what did i put <laughs> what did i put you're right john i was thinking did i put one foot out the door absolutely that was your yeah, i did okay okay i stand wow. corrected um <laughs> so yeah so it's it's down on the list of songs that i choose from this album but that it's it's just still it and just basically what Scott was saying, I, I, they're stretching out here. This is something you would never hear off of the first two albums. And they're experimenting. They're trying different things. And it and it works. It's just mm -hmm. musicianship. It's just this is the side of Van Halen that I wish the naysayers would listen to more of because this is, gives you better understanding of just how talented this fucking band robust was yeah. you know and this is this is it right here just yeah so of course thumbs up thumbs up there it is all right mark that is the comments from our all-star panel uh from deep dive december and again thank you to to Scott, into Kevin, into Sean, into Todd, into Hattie, into Mark, uh, for hopping on the call, and thank you to all the people like Tom who yeah. stuck with us to the bitter end uh, to, to watch the whole thing. They <laughs> yeah. all voted uh, like 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 you said, Mark. You you kind of felt a clean sweep happening on the panel. It was yes. But now we come to your vote. Now, uh, what did you think of Push Comes to Shove? Is this what dreams are made of, or is this dream over? Well, I'll start off by saying I kind of wish uh, there was sort of a middle ground here. But since we don't have that, I have to go one or the other way. I will say. And I'll preface that by saying this is not exactly uh my Van Halen jam just in the sense of I, I, I know what I want out of a Van Halen tune. I know uh, how I want to vibe. If I'm going to be listening to the band, uh, this one is not exactly uh top tier track. Um, I forget who it was on the panel that said that this was easily like a top three. Um, and that, that is a, 
an interesting take and that's an interesting perspective and more power to you. Uh, for me, no, I would probably skip this song nine times out of 10, probably if I'm, if I'm jamming to, uh, the entire discography on shuffle, having said all of that, however, what saved the song for me from just going a complete down vote was first of all, the solo, the, the Eddie solo. We, this is not the first time an Eddie solo has completely swayed my, uh, my mind in terms of how I thought I was going to vote versus what ended up happening uh because sometimes that just happens eddie solo in this thing is i would say it's uh i believe uh mark had said this is his favorite solo that eddie has done i will say this is one of his top tier solos especially given the nature of the the structure of how this song is presented that solo probably shouldn't should not work it was mentioned uh on the panel it shouldn't but it does. And boy, does it rip and it rips in all the best ways possible. But I would be remiss if I did not mention, as everyone mentioned, listen to what Michael Anthony is doing. Like if you if you needed a, a really good example of just hearing how Michael can groove, how uh, him and Alex both can just hold down that rhythm section like nobody's business. This is your track. This is absolutely your track. I would also have to say. Uh, oh, and I gotta give I gotta give props to David Lee Roth. I have to because this is uh this is a song very much in his wheelhouse. You get a little bit of the Rothisms in there, of course. Um, uh, what I will say as a counter to that, though, I do not believe this song is a ballad. Uh, in my in my perspective of ballads, like I would not consider this as as a Van Halen ballad. When it's love is a ballad. I would say uh, dreams is a ballad. Uh, this one not so much. This is a jam. Is like kind of a kind of a groovy jam. Uh, not in the sense of it's a long form, long winded jam, but a jam nonetheless. Um, but yeah, that the solo and the rhythm section really saved this thing. But also it would just it would be hypocritical of me to to not acknowledge the fact that this is so different from so much of Van Halen's catalog. And I always praise the band for being dynamic and being versatile and having uh just being able to go uh from one spot end of the spectrum to the other, just in terms of how dynamic of a rock band they truly are. And this song is a very good example of showcasing exactly what the range of the band truly is, was, and will ever be. So there you are. Uh, so if I didn't mention that, then it, I just, I, I don't know that I could give myself full props for being a Van Halen fan uh, just on a listening on a technicality level. Uh, so you got to give them props to this. Cause this is just, I mean, they're playing so good uh, for a song that is not particularly it's not really my jam per se nine times out of 10. I'm probably changing it, but that 10th time I'm going to sit and vibe. And that is why I have to give it ever so slightly, maybe, but still the edge to that is what dreams are made of. So that is my vote. And Corey, you held off on your vote. So would you, uh, so far the, it's still a clean sweep. Are you going to be the odd man out and say the dream was over for you or does the dream make the cut? Oh boy. Are we going to have one down vote on this song out of, you know, 10 people? Jeez. <laughs> I echo a lot of what you said and a lot of what Eric Senich said too. Uh, this is not my favorite cut off of Fair Warning, mm -hmm. but I don't think Fair Warning has a bad song on it. But, uh, you know, this would be in my bottom three 
uh, one foot out the door, I, I think as well. Uh, we would probably be in that grouping. We'll see if when we when we cover that song, if that changes my mind. Uh, I love right. the groove. Uh, the musicianship is is really tremendous uh, on this track. We talked about Mike Anthony's bass playing, uh, fantastic. The solo, top notch. Uh, I don't know if I would put it in as my favorite Eddie Van Halen solo or top three, but it's it's right up there. It's in that upper echelon. He did a great job. Uh, this is a perfect David Lee Roth song. Uh, lyrically, vocally, I thought he did great. Had that one great uh, growl uh, near the end that I thought was fantastic. But like you, when I'm listening to Fair Warning, th- this is maybe a skipper sometimes. I don't know if it's a, mm-hmm. a must-play every single time like I hear about it later is, or Unchained, right? The must-listens, uh, Mean Street, Dirty Movies. Those, those are yeah. so many great cuts on this one. This is still a good song, but it's lower uh, on, on the li- ranking for me. Uh, I don't know if I was close to the middle like you were, uh, I, I was definitely going to be a thumbs up on this one, but much like you and much like Eric, one of my least favorite from this album, but that still means it's a kick-ass track. Musicianship was off the charts. The band sounded great. David knocked it out of the park. Um, maybe I'm just not that deep in a reggae and disco. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Fair when enough. I when I put on this album, I want to hear Unchained. I want to hear, hear about it later. Those are my top two uh, from this yeah. record. But you know, this is still a pretty decent track. Yeah, it's nice to know that uh, even if you want to keep listening to Van Halen, but you need a respite from maybe the uh, the the typical sort of uh, you know heavy rockish sort of uh, things that you're used to. Uh, it's nice to know that you can always come on down to uh, Push Comes to Shove and and just groove and vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you still do have that option, and they, you know they have they have several songs where you could do that. But I feel like this is a pretty good uh, representation of the kind of song you can just kind of chill out to for a Van Halen song, just kind of chill and vibe, get a little, a different sort of feel uh, with the band. Uh, So that's, that's nice to have. Yeah. Um, Maybe not a top tier uh, song for us, but still a good one, as you say. So with that being said, that's the show. Uh, That is me and Corey reacting to uh, the, the uh, third episode, as it were from the live show. There it is. I, and I, I commend you all. And I'm actually uh, really glad um, that I probably had to bow out at that time because um, I don't know if I would have been so kind. I think I would have gotten in my inebriated brain, gotten impatient and oh. probably would have just said no fuck this song like so i'm glad <laughs> no i'm glad i didn't react uh in uh in real time but i commend all of you guys out there that uh, were on the live show uh audience and panelists alike thank you guys so much thanks for keeping it going uh in my absence and hey uh be sure to check out uh the the next time we do a live show so that's uh that's going to be a fun time. It's always a fun time. Always a fun time recording. Corey, where can the people find the show uh, in all of its glory? Oh, they can find us at www.podcastwillrock.com. Uh, we're at Podcast Will Rock on all your favorite social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, Mark alluded to the next live show. Guess what? Happening in January. We're talking just a few Ooh. weeks from now, Thursday, January 19th. We got the boys from the DLR cast on one side. We got the boys from the Bogus Otis show, the Sammy Hagar podcast on the other. Mark, myself, and Eric Senich will be in the middle to mediate. We'll spin the wheel twice. We'll guarantee one Dave track, one Sammy track. So if we spin two Daves in a row, we'll just keep the second Dave song on the wheel. 
spin again until we get a Sammy track. We're going to do one day, one Sammy on that show. So uh, look out for that on our YouTube page and on our website, uh, January 19th. It's a Thursday night. I will be much less drunk because I have to work on the Friday. <laughs> uh, so hopefully uh, the show doesn't go yeah. off the rails completely right off the hop. Um, but you can find us, of course, always as a, uh, a member of the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Uh, I won't go through the shows because we're running a little late tonight here. But you can go to www.deepdivepodcastnetwork.com. Check out all the shows there. Uh, so many great ones, uh, including a couple, uh, one from our good friend, uh, Kevin Brown. And I'm showing this to Mark for the first time. He did up a couple of new uh, designs for our T Public store. Yeah. One of them is uh, Alex Van Hyundai. Because we mentioned, uh, I drive a Hyundai. <laughs> yeah, how cool it be to have uh, Alex Van Halen in a Hyundai? So he did up a great design on that. We also have a fantastic one. If you listen to the live show, we know uh, the Mark's Dustbuster was going crazy. So uh, Kevin did us up a great the final Horcrux logo <laughs> oh my with God. the Dustbuster uh, on it. So I have to have it. I have to have it. Probably two. <laughs> probably two. I have to get two for myself and for Christy. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of the live show. All of a sudden, Mark would like flip out and be gone. He'd be like, our dustbuster just went off. And we, at first, we, true, man. It, it's a John Mariano Horcrux uh, is what we kind mm -hmm. of finally landed on. So uh, those designs will be coming to the T public store here right away. That's amazing. Uh, you can find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, come say hello. If you have a problem with the show and you want to yell at Corey, don't yell at Corey. Yell at me instead. It's fine because uh, it's, I enjoy it. So send all of your complaints to at Mark the Bat. It's fine. Um, but speaking of uh, other things, I uh, just want to uh, take the time to promote just a little bit. Uh, if you enjoy the things that I say on this microphone, you might enjoy the things that I sing about because I and I live in Nashville and and I take part in these uh, tribute nights where we a bunch of musicians get together and we just do a night that is uh, usually uh, themed. And uh, this Tuesday, uh, if you find yourself in the Nashville area, uh, the Ivans are bringing back Grunge Night. This is Grunge Night 8. We are doing a night full of songs from yesteryear of the 90s grunge era. You're, you'll get to hear myself uh, perform a song, and you'll get to see a whole bunch of just a plethora of musicians contribute to this era, including some that you might recognize, you might even be a fan of. It's going to be an incredible night full of grunge tunes. That is uh, Tuesday, January uh, 10th. Uh, uh, I believe it's the, the 10th is Tuesday. So um, be sure to come check that out. If you're in the Nashville area at the basement East, all proceeds are going to benefit Walden's Puddle, uh, which is a, uh, a charity that provides treatment for sick and injured or orphaned wildlife right here in my home state of Tennessee. It's a very, very good uh, cause. Uh, and, going to be a fun time and then if you uh if you also find yourself in the nashville area on the 21st and the 29th you get to hear me do some more stuff and i'll announce more of those uh as we go along but uh tuesday january 10th at the basement east in nashville tennessee grunge night eight it's going to be a fun time so yeah got that out of the way more to come uh be sure to get some merch we got new merch i am super excited to check that out and and get those it's going to be hilarious uh just to walk around and seeing people see, like, what, what what's why do you have a dustbuster on your shirt and like you got to tune in to find out man you're missing out tell your friends about what we're doing here because it's a great time we're having fun we love van halen that's what the show's all about and you want to have fun with us as well don't you join us 
get involved in the discussion stream share with your friends we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later 